It's time to put on those oven mitts because it's time to bring the heat with Christian Rao. And welcome to another episode of Bringing the Heat. I'm your host, Christian Rao, and we are back for another episode of 30 Teams in 30 Days. We are only days out from opening day. Let's get excited. And we are here with one of my favorite people, a member of the IBWAA. We've had some fun times on the Nasty Nine podcast with Billy Graves. She's a writer for Network Brawl. She's an alumni of Cronkite from Arizona State University. Natalie Urquiza, how are you doing? Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to talk about the D-backs. Yeah, well, this is your team. I think we've had a couple jokes about them in the past over on Billy's podcast, but this is your time to shine, Natalie, and I want to hear all about it. So with that being said, let's get right into it. Let's talk about these Arizona Diamondbacks. Last season was not the greatest season in the world for the D-backs, but there was some impressive features behind them. They went and brought Madison Bumgarner over, and that was a very fun addition for this team. What was your thoughts about the 2020 Diamondbacks? Yeah, so the D-backs finished last in the NL West, only uh, winning 25 games. Last time the D-backs finished last was back in 2014, when they only won 64 games and lost 98. So it was definitely a pretty pretty sad year. I mean, the whole year as a whole was sad outside of sports. But just watching the D-backs finish last, um, it, it just it, it took a lot. I was like, oh, man, because we... The D-backs got Matt. The D-backs got Madison Bumgarner. Everyone was super excited about that, but didn't play um, up to standards as we saw as we would see him play with the Giants. But there were some great things. Uh, Zach Gallen pitched for the pitched amazing for the D-backs. Um, I know last season he pitched. You know he won three games, had a record of uh, ERA of two point seven five, and ended up with a WHIP of one point one one. And so it was pretty exciting to see Zach Gallen pitch for last year with the D-backs. Um, I know he was in early Cy Young talks last year until he started giving up little hits here and there um, and having undecided um, games. And then Cole Calhoun was a ton of fun to watch last season. Uh, you know, seeing him hit inside the park home run against the Astros is always great and amazing to see. Um, but they lost some people that we'll probably get into um, in the middle of the show. Absolutely. We'll definitely get into that. Those departures, or departures and additions here yep. on Bringing the Heat. Before I, we stop talking about 2020 and what a disappointing season it was, was there any surprises, anything that you were you know, really surprised about, something that you're happy about that you could take a positive from that season? Yeah, it's definitely just seeing Zach Gallen perform, how well just it brings hope in life because we know Madison Bumgarner is not going to last forever and he probably has a couple more season until he retires. And Zach Gallen could definitely be that number one guy. If he keeps pitching the way he did last season, I believe he can be the number one guy in the rotation. And so it brings hope. It brings life. Um, and just has seen Peralta starting to hit well compared to the last, the season before. Um, just seeing little little things starting coming together, fixing their the way they're trying to f- you know, place pieces in together. And I believe now this season, they have those little pieces that can help them win and be a little bit better. Well, speaking of that rotation, let's continue on that path. And mm-hmm. let's keep and let's talk about something that happened in this offseason. And that was the departure of Robbie Ray. Um, yes. He's the guy that he's the guy that moved on from the D-backs. He's now 
um, no longer on this squad. He's with the Toronto Blue Jays. Is that a positive or a negative for this team? He's had some ups and downs. I know that he's a big he he he, he walks a lot of guys. So, what's your thoughts about him no longer being in that rotation? It's bad and good all at the same time. He was a fantastic pitcher when he was here. He had, you know, like every pitcher, he has, you know, the fault, his faults. He was a great pitcher when pitching with the D-backs. But for whatever reason, when I believe after Granky left, there was no number one pitcher. And so Robbie Ray was put into that position. And for some reason, he didn't perform well at that number one spot. I don't know if it was because knowing that he's in that number one position. But when Guinea moved down to the second or third, he pitches like his normal self. He has his up and downs. He comes in clutch when playing against big teams. But when playing against, for instance, the Marlins or the, you know, a team that has, you know, very little wins, it feels as if he doesn't perform well with, the, with teams that should be pitched easily against, if that makes sense. <laughs> makes perfect sense to me. Okay. The fact that Robbie Ray is now gone, someone's going to have to fill that spot. We talked about Bumgarner getting older. Zach Galen mm-hmm. had a great year, but what else? There's five, usually five guys in a rotation. Who's the guy that's going to fill the shoes of Robbie Ray? Um, we have, you know, Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver. Uh, Caleb Smith is going to be, you know, towards the end, probably in the fifth rotation. But Merrill Kelly, Luke Weaver, I probably not. Hopefully Luke Weaver could have a better year than last year, but I believe Merrill Kelly sits well helping out with um, the loss of Robbie Way- Robbie Ray. Um, so I, I believe Merrill Kelly did a great job last season, and I believe he can do a great job this season as well. Looking at this bullpen as we continue on with the pitchers here, I'm bringing the heat with Natalie Yurkiza on this episode for the Arizona Diamondbacks season preview. Stefan Kritchen and Joachim Soria looks like it's going to be a closer by committee for this Diamondbacks uh, yes. bullpen. There's still some great names in this bullpen as well. Do you feel comfortable about this team? They're against a very difficult NL West uh, with the Dodgers <laughs> and the Padres. Can this bullpen hold up? Or, you know, the optimistic side is like, heck yes, they're going to be great. And then obviously the baseball knowledge of my side is it's going to be interesting. I'm not going to say it's going to be rough, but it's going to be a little rough. Um, I know they have on MLB.com, they have Stefan Kitchen listed as the closer. I really wish Johan Lopez, if, I wish Lopez would have stayed consistent. Um, when Archie Bradley was closing and Johan Lopez was that setup guy, he was he he did amazing pitching and everyone a lot of people were saying put him in the closing position and when they did another person who couldn't handle that role he was giving up runs his ERA jumped up a lot um so it I know Johan Lopez is a great pitcher but probably just a setup guy I don't think he can go into that closing closing role as much as I would love to see him do um but it the bullpen is definitely the bullpen is definitely gonna have to step up, especially when playing 19 games against the Dodgers and 19 games against the Padres this season. Opening up with the Padres this season, our, like our, that's our first home home opener, um, in in San Diego. So they're gonna the the bats that they're gonna have to go against. It's definitely gonna be very interesting to watch, especially against 
Machado and seeing Machado a lot and seeing Tatis Jr. a lot and especially um, um, Will Myers. A lot of great hitters that they're going to have to go against and they're going to have to step up their game if they're going to try, I, I use this term very loosely, try to win the pennant for the NL West. Might nice. not, it's not going to happen, but... <laughs> Well, you take it easy with those expectations right there. That's what the, for the end of the episode is. But hey, you brought up some very good batters for the Padres. I mean, don't even, you know, don't forget about the guys on the World Series Dodgers, Mookie Betts oh, yeah. and company. But yeah, you're, I mean, I know you didn't forget. You just brought up some really good names. But yeah, this bullpen has a lot to work with. I think personally, from an outside perspective looking in, I think this is your weak point. But you know how bullpens are. Sometimes they, we can be com- completely surprised. Maybe we'll see this team step up because of their bullpen. It's a, it's a big possibility. Well, I believe, I think it was either 2018 or 2019, the bullpen was absolutely amazing. Like, they did a fantastic job. I think that's when helped us kind of, what helped uh, the Diamondbacks push going into the to the wild card game and to play. Um, but then I think it was last year where it just kind of all fell apart. Um, the bull and then they also got uh Tyler Clippard, although they just lost him uh to six weeks with I believe an arm sprain. Mm-hmm. But when he's back to being healthy, the D backs got him and it's gonna he's a great player. And I know you know him being a nationals fan, so you know how well he can pitch. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I've seen him pitch multiple times uh with the nationals. I've seen him in other teams too when he's with New York. Uh, he's, yeah. He definitely has a, a great veteran presence to your bullpen. Let's keep this ball rolling here, and let's move on to the infield. First of all, i got to say, uh, I'm interested to see your thoughts, what's going to happen after opening weekend with the Padres. I'm definitely going to have to have you come back on, and hopefully it's not um, a very sad story. Hopefully it's uh, something good to talk about. But let's talk about this infield, and let's start with the catching position. Carson Kelly, he had a pretty decent year last year. Stephen Vaught is a great veteran presence. Uh, so one of the most underrated positions, in my opinion, for this D-backs team is Christian Walker at first. I, I, I got to watch him in Norfolk when he was with AAA for the Orioles, and he was very fun to watch. I was very disappointed when Baltimore, Baltimore traded him to Arizona, but he's been great ever since. And you picked up another guy for me, a Nationals fan, Azrubel Cabrera, who's going to be a great presence utility infielder. Let's just talk about the catcher in first base from now. What are your thoughts about these two spots? Yeah, starting off the catch, you know, at the catching position, Carson Kelly shared playing time with Stephen Vogt. And I believe, in my opinion, Stephen Vogt is a little bit better catcher than Carson Kelly. Um, I know Stephen's more have a, has a veteran presence, and that's kind of why. Um, but... <laughs> The catching position has never really been a problem with the Diamondbacks, whether it was Miguel Montero they had, um, and then I'm drawing blanks. Uh, who else? They had Car- they had uh, Chris Snyder at one point, Miguel Montero at the catching position. So the ca- the catching position for the D-backs has never been a problem. Um, catchers, as we know, not everyone can be Yadier Molina. He's just a beast on his own. Um, there was a stat that popped up. I forgot. I think it was posted by Fox Sports, I think it was. And there it was showed a... Yadier Molina, obviously. And then it showed the D-backs having only probably 1,000 people steal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was um, fewest bases. I actually have it pulled up right in front of me because as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, I actually – one of my buddies is a huge Cardinals fan. So I sent it to him. So 
Fewest <laughs> stolen bases allowed from 2004 to 2020, and that's since Yadi Merlina was the catcher for the Cardinals. And the Cardinals yeah. are obviously in first, but in second base, the D-backs are only at 1250. So they're the second best team for fewer stolen bases allowed behind Yadier and the Cardinals, which is very impressive. Very impressive. I take that as a win. Again, not everyone can be Yadier and Molina. So, it, like I said, the Dimebacks don't have a problem there. They're great. The hitting's fine. I mean, Car- Kel- or Kelly batted a two a point two two one with five home runs and nineteen RBIs last season. So that's always that's pretty good for a catcher. Um, and then going to the first base position, I believe that Christian Walker has done an amazing job filling filling the loss of Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. When the D-backs lost Paul Goldschmidt, it it kind it kind of sucked. And to see him in St. Louis wearing a Cardinals jersey, it was very very strange, very weird. But Christian Walker has done an amazing job. He's, you know, doing great defensively and offensively. Last season, he batted a two a point two seven one with seven home runs, and slugged a point four five nine. So he's doing a great job. He, and He's only going to get better. I don't think he's going to, his ability to play first base or hit is going to decrease. I concur completely. I think he's on a positive slope to continue doing great things for this organization. Like I said, I'm super upset that he got traded from the Baltimore organization. It'd be nice to see him be the replacement for Chris Davis, but that's a whole different story. We won't talk about that. <laughs> and Chris Davis's huge contract, and okay, don't get me on the table. All the fun stuff. All know. the fun stuff, exactly. <laughs> let's move on. Let's keep rounding the bases. Let's do that instead, and let's talk about the rest of the infield. Let's go second, short, and third. Kettle Marte, I mean, everything speaks for himself right here. What a fantastic player. You have one of the best shortstops in the league, one of the most underrated defensively Underrated and defensively amazing shortstop in Nick Ahmed. He won a gold glove, what was it, the last full season, 2019. And then Eduardo Escobar sitting at third base. And we already talked about Azubo Cabrera being a great utility player. Uh, I'm telling you, he'll be fantastic for your squad. You're really going to like Cabrera. He turns into a fan favorite, and I think he'll fit in perfectly with the D-backs. Round out the rest of this infield for me. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to to see where they put Cabrera, whether he's going to be because I know during spring training right now, they're putting him between first and third base. Uh, I know he could play pretty much anywhere in the infield. So it's going to be interesting if they're going to, you know, put instead just put him at second base, push Kettle Marte to the to center field because they've been doing that, or they just push Kettle into the outfield. Or personally, I believe he should be an infield guy. But when you have someone like Cabrera, I don't know if they're going to make him full-time or just have him part-time, be, you know, between first and third. But he's a great hitter. So we'll we'll see how the, how that plays out, um, but Kettle Marte, what can I say? He's actually that's one of my bold predictions. That I'm gonna mention later. He's oh. just a fantastic. I mean, he's hitting last time I checked above 400 right now in spring training. To be granted, it's spring training, but to be hitting 400 in spring, it's just incredible to me. Um, he's just an incredible player. He's just so much. He's fun to watch, and. I don't want to give it away, so I'll just leave my bold prediction to later with Kettle Marte. Oh, so moving man. over, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, moving over to shortstop. Obviously, it's going to be Nick Ahmed. Um, he's was known to be a defensive guy last couple seasons. His bat has been picking up, so he's getting the hits now. So I feel like he's just an all around amazing player. All the pieces have finally come together for him, so it's great to see um, 
not only defense, but offense is picking up for him as well. And I believe he is not being a D-backs fan, not being a D-backs writer, but I believe that he is overlooked just because of how many other great, amazing um, shortstop players there are. He's not a flashy guy. He's not like some shortstops where they're hitting home runs, home runs every night, you know, doing mm-hmm. incredible things. But he's a player that's going to pr- help produce the runs. That small ball that people kind of who aren't real true baseball fans kind of overlook and it helps you know get those wins to help boost the runs up even more so he and then plus having the Dodgers and now the Padres be amazing I believe he's going to be overlooked a little bit more which is a little disappointing to say but I I agree completely with that statement I mean this in the NL West alone last season was say pre-Nolan Arenado trade you had Machado, Corey Seager, Nolan Arenado, all in the same division, and then Nick Ahmed. Of course, he's going to be overlooked, but I think he's a value pick. He's an he's a great player. There's a reason he won the Golden Glove for the NL last or in 2019, not the other three that were mentioned. Uh, so he's definitely definitely undervalued. Well, I think he's valued in this organization, but he is overlooked, just like you said, across the entire MLB, not just the National League. Oh yeah, and then uh, third base is obviously is definitely going to be um, a, third base is going to be Eduardo Escobar, and he's probably definitely going to be sharing t- um, playing time with Cabrera for sure. Yeah, I agree. I think that'll be a really good spot for you too. I- I'm telling you, you're going to really like Cabrera. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm upset excited. to see him go from the Nationals. He was a fun he was a fun guy to be on the team. Um, having that switch hitter in your lineup is very nice. I know Escobar is also a switch hitter, so you really you can just really play the splits, whatever works for you guys in that atmosphere. And then if you need to play him at first, then so be it. He's just a great all-around guy. But you kind of talked a little bit about the outfield uh, when you mm-hmm. talked about uh, Kettle, which would make sense to put him in the outfield at some points if you need to get Cabrera in that lineup, especially if he's a hot bat. And it also could be depending on the health of Cole Calhoun. We've seen a little bit of him bumps and bruises this spring so far. He's been absolutely amazing last year. In 2020, he had a great breakout season. I I got the opportunity to watch him in Anaheim a few years ago when I made a trip out there, and he was so fun to watch. And seeing him actually do amazing things in the the outfield for Arizona has been fun. But this outfield is super underrated as well. You got Tim LaCostro, you have Cole, who's just spoke uh, before. Kettle if he stays out there, and then David Peralta, who is a great bat in itself. Yeah. So round out the rest of this team and tell me your thoughts about this outfield. Yes, I mean, I feel like he's over under look. It's Tim LoCastro. I believe he might be getting the starting position just because Cole Calhoun um, is put onto the IL right now. I believe he is on the IL for six weeks um, with a torn meniscus. So I believe that Tim LaCastro probably most likely will start in that right field position. He's a fun guy to watch. I don't know if you've ever seen Tim LaCastro, but it's also fun just because he gets hit by a player a lot. <laughs> and then he, I believe a couple, um, like uh, 2019, his stolen base percentage was at 100%, part of which was being hit by pitches 22 times. But the fact that his stolen base percentage was at 100%, I believe he's the fastest player in MLB right now. Like, have you ever seen him run? And play? It's incredible. It, I believe there was one, I forgot which game it was, 
I think it was Walker who hit, um, I believe, to the outfield, and Locastro scored from second, I believe, first or second or something crazy. Like, like he's a fast guy, and mm-hmm. he, he's a lot of fun to watch. So he's going to be great. Um, Kettle Marte is going to probably play center. If not, it's going to be Tim Locastro. Uh, they also have a great player named Josh Rojas. I don't know if he'll be on the opening day roster. I hope he is. He's a great hitter. Another player who's up and coming that's not really looked at. And then right left field is going to be David Peralta, who we all know is an amazing hitter. Last season, he batted 300 with five home runs and 34 RBIs. So everyone knows Peralta, the freight train is going to be great again this season. I love that, the freight train. Hey, one thing to piggyback on your little stat about Timmy Lowe you yeah. talked about the stolen bases, how he was 100%. He's mm-hmm. actually 100% in his entire career. He's stolen 26 bases his entire career in his four-year span. Never has, been, has he been caught stealing with the Diamondbacks or when he was with the Dodgers. How cool is that? I mean, I just thought it was just the 2019 season. I didn't know it was the entire – that's never. fantastic. In his MLB it, career, never has he been called out for stealing. And it brings my point even more how amazing Tim Castro is. And another – I feel like a player who's – overlooked because of being in the NL West and just because he's not a player that again is hitting dingers you know hitting home runs all the time or doing crazy things he's stealing base like I feel that is passing you know Shoeless Joe Jackson almost Ooh, look at you bringing out bringing out Shoeless Joe I'm bringing the heat (laughs) about a random Arizona Diamondbacks podcast Shoeless (laughs) Joe pops up there you go there's your Easter egg of the month, everyone. Um, but <laughs> yeah, thank, thank, thank Natalie, everyone. Uh, I got some. I, we got to round it all together, Natalie. We got to yeah. put it all together now. I got to hear your expectations. We talked about how crazy this NL West is. So I'm well aware that we don't have the Arizona Diamondbacks winning the pennant. Well, maybe you do. I'm just gonna no. be honest with you. I don't. Yeah, and if I remember from. Um, a conversation a few weeks ago about this team. I don't think you do either. But what are your expectations of the Arizona Diamondbacks? Yeah, just for, I mean, I just remember arguing about who's going to be running first, whether it was the Dodgers or Padres, and everyone could go check out that argument. But uh-huh. about the D-backs right now, um, I believe they're going to get maybe 79, maybe 80 wins at best. They're They're not going to win the pennant as much as, it, it breaks heart, my heart. I probably know it's going to break some D-backs hearts as well. They're going to end up third place, either third or fourth. They're going to be competing with the Giants between third or fourth place. Um, they have 19 games against the Dodgers, 19 games against the Padres. Opening up the season against them in San Diego is going to be interesting. If the Diamondbacks can split that series against the Padres, the first se- that's a, considered a huge win in my book. And then they go off to play Colorado, and they can maybe sweep. If they can not get swept by the Dodgers and Padres, and they can at least get you know one or two games coming out of that those series, they're going to be 79-80 games. But if they keep losing against the Dodgers and Padres, they may you know end up in fourth behind the behind the giants Ooh, our well DraftKings nation has them for the 2021 win totals at 74 and a half sounds like you're taking the over on that one 
Just a little bit. Right, just a little bit. There you go. All right. This is what we've all been waiting for, Natalie. We've been talking about the entire time. It is. Just kidding. I have one more question for you. Yes. Oh, man. That was like a Ryan Seacrest thing. I could have said after I was, the break. I know. But I got to know. Hey, Arizona Diamondbacks, these new jerseys you guys have, the darker red. Do you like these jerseys more, or do you like the old school Randy Johnson 1990s bathroom solo cup, Dixie cup looking jerseys they used to have? Which ones do you like better? I personally like the purple. Uh, That's, you know, the purple green. That's what I grew up on. That's, you know, that's who I fell in love with. Don't get me wrong. I love the Diamondbacks, but the purple, those are my colors. I absolutely love those colors. I will forever love those colors. I I like the red. I definitely like the black jerseys. When they wear on Saturdays, those ones are the best. But definitely the purple the purple, the purple jerseys for sure. Hey, I knew there was a reason why I had you on this podcast because <laughs> I also feel the same way about mm-hmm. those jerseys. They they just look good. Everything about that jersey. Uh, one of my buddies said how much he hated those jerseys, but oh, I no. even liked them. I like them so much that they look that good even when Randy Johnson hit a bird with them. So like that's how good <laughs> those jerseys were. All right, but all right, I guess we can talk about these bold predictions now, Natalie. I think we've let the listeners linger enough all right so give us your bold predictions for the 2021 arizona diamondbacks i know you got not just one you got a couple and i'm excited to hear them i have two um one of my boldest boldest predictions is kettle Marte. i'm gonna say it's gonna win the mvp award this year i believe he is great he's done amazing things from you know a few with the seasons he's been with the diamondbacks you know, again, Kelly Marte is a great player that is definitely overlooked. But I believe this is the year he's going to show everybody, like, don't just because we're in the, you know, the same division with the Dodgers and Padres. I'm here. I'm doing amazing. I'm, you know, helping my team as best as I can to win games. And like I said, he's batting 400 this year in spring training. And last season, I believe he batted. He ended what three some above 300. So I believe he's going to win an MVP award. That's one of my very, very bold predictions. He will win an MVP award this year. Wow. Well, that's a great one. Kettle Marte, and the last time we had a full 162-game season in 2019, had a stellar year, 32 (laughs) bombs, 92 ribbies, and was at a 329 batting average. If he could do anything, bring it back to that, then I would definitely say he's in the running. Wow. I like that one. Yeah, and obviously away from the offensive side, like his defense – amazing every whether he's in the infield whether you know whether he's infield or he's an out in center field he he's a great player just all around yeah i like that one i'm writing that one down we're gonna definitely bring that one back up and see how kettle's doing later on that's a very that's that's a bold prediction because of how many great players are in the national league but Mm -hmm. i can totally see something like that happen with Marte. he is that kind of player that just it'll be it'll be one of those players that is quietly making his way up and then will just surprise everyone be like hey i've been here the whole time i can totally see that i love that prediction what else you got all right uh another bold one is that the diamondbacks actually win you know when they make it into the playoffs by winning a wild card game that is one of my i don't think it's going to happen but if we're making fun bold predictions i believe that they're going to make it in to the wall by winning the wild card. I'm not going to say they're going to go deep, but they're going to make it into the playoffs by winning a wild card position. Realistically, on paper, they're not a bad team. If if you 
look at all the names and look at everyone, it's like, wow, this is a good team. Like, this is someone that could potentially be contenders with the Dodgers and Padres. But when you see them play, you're like, okay, Natalie, calm down. <laughs> but I, I believe if they stick to what it looks like on paper, it could be a possibility. With that assumption, would that be assuming that they have three teams in the National League West or they beat out either the Dodgers or Padres? I think three three yeah, okay. teams out of the NL West. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's, I, that's okay. I can see that too. I, I think that the... I'd be crazy to see three teams make it in one division this year, just how tough the National League is. But, hey, you never know. Uh, you really do. You never know. What happens with the National League Central? They could have lower wins, so maybe only one makes it. But I I personally think it's going to be one from the West, one from the East. Mm-hmm. But you never know. So, yeah, hey, I like that. So it's a bold one. The boldest predictions ever. <laughs> it's a bold one. I'll be honest. The Kettle, Mar- the Kettle Marte one's a little more realistic in my mind. Yes. I really, really like that one. Natalie, Thank you so much for joining me today on Bringing the Heat. That was a blast. Always love talking baseball with you. We've done it for a few weeks now over on Billy Graves' Nasty Nine podcast. I know I keep talking about this podcast, and there's a reason behind it. He's a good buddy of mine. He's also a member with me on SlasherSports.com. So definitely go check him out. It's His podcast is at Nasty Nine Podcast. Natalie, I don't want to um, plug anyone else. I want you to go ahead and let everyone know, all the listeners know, where they can find you and what you got going on. Yes, everyone, please follow me on Twitter. It's uh, Urquisa underscore Natalie, and I'll spell that. It's U-R-Q-U-I-Z-A underscore Natalie, N-A-T-A-L-I-E. Follow me there, and you can see all of my content, whether I'm doing podcasts with the amazing Christian on his po- on his podcast or doing stuff with Billy's podcast or doing some writing for the Brawl Network. So follow me there, and you'll see all of, all of my amazing work. <laughs> Yes, an amazing work it is. Natalie, thank you so much. And that'll do it for us here at Bringing the Heat Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening today. This was a great episode. I'm very looking forward to having Natalie back on this podcast later on. Hopefully it's not in tears. Hopefully it's a little more optimistic about these Diamondbacks. But we'll see what happens as the season chugs along here as we are getting close to opening day. Natalie, how excited are you for April 1st? Oh, I'm beyond excited. I already like I'm just ready to I already asked for that day off. I asked my bosses like I'm going to be watching baseball all day. All 30 major league teams are playing. I am ready to watch all of it and no one bother me because I will just be happy. It's it's heaven to me in my opinion. (laughs) Well, it's not heaven. It's Iowa. But other than that, Natalie. (laughs) Have a great rest of your day and take care, listeners. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye. Thank you.